When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Shaka Hislop and Stevie Nicker. We'll kick things off in the Premier League. Fulham in action against Spurs on Monday. Just the one goal in this time. Surprise, surprise. It was Harry Kane who got it just on the stroke of half-time. Lovely strike from just outside the box. And saw the England captain once again lead Spurs to victory. What that means, when we take a look at the table, Spurs three points now adrift of Manchester United, who are in fourth. Uh, for more on this, let's welcome in. Mark Ogden is here. Julian Laurent is back from his NBA exploits. Good to have you here, guys. Um, what's your wish? We'll start with the game, shall we, Stevie? Oh, I won't say it long. All right. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I was kind of scratching my head how, how Tottenham were ahead at half-time. Yeah. Because I thought, no question, the, the best team by a mile in the first half were Fulham. But Tottenham kind of got it together, second half. We're under a little bit of pressure towards the end, as you would expect, against the side who are at home and who are a goal behind. But I just never got the feeling that Fulham were going to score. Uh, and in the end, I guess Tottenham deserved it. But I'll tell you what, it was very uninspiring again from Tottenham. But it's a win, Shane. It, it, it's yeah. a win. And, and, and you take that against a Fulham team who um, are punching well above their weights. And, and I think I've been one of the surprise packages in the Premier League at home, a London derby. Given a lot of the criticism around Spurs, especially of late, you, you absolutely take that. But, but I'm with Steve in that I thought Spurs were the better team, particularly in the first half. But truth be told, um, it, it was Harry Kane that decided this. And, and the player of highest quality on the park is, is the one that delivered the three points to Spurs. I can't remember Mitrovic having, having much of a snare for Joris being that tested. Mitrovic limped off at the end. That's a concern for for a Fulham team who, again, are, are, are doing so well. But other than that, what, what else can you say about this game? It's a, Fulham, as, as good as they've been, Spurs continues to be underwhelming. Harry Kane is great. Oh, there we go. Jules, anything you'd like to add? It's rare for Spurs not to concede a goal, so I guess away from home, well done to them for, especially in the second half, just like stopping Fulham's crossing. Uh, and, and defending well in the 5-4-1 in the formation. And then I agree with Shaka. I think Harry Kane, who is level now with, with Jimmy Greaves as the uh, all-time top goal scorer for Spurs, 266 goals. He will overtake him very soon now. He's 199 in the Premier League, I think. It's mm. incredible. Where would they be without him? I mean, he scores with almost no service week after week after week. It's really impressive. Um, let's stick with Kane, Jules. Where do we stand on his future? Well, I believe that the, uh, the talks are going to uh, restart. Let's, I mean, not restart, but I think before the World Cup, there were already um, 
few meetings between Daniel Levy and his brother. Uh, we, we know about the, the sort of the links, if you want, with Bayern Munich. Willy Ones at the weekend said that it was too expensive for Bayern Munich anyway, which we kind of knew before. It's not just the, the transfer fee that you will have to pay Spurs, by the way, because he still has two years left on his contract after this season. But it's also the wages. He's, he's, earned a lot of money. he's earning a lot of money already. You would need to pay more to attract him to your club, regardless of what your club is. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was if he was going to sign a new a new deal at the club and staying staying at Spurs for longer. We know his ambition is to win a trophy with Spurs, Stevie. Obviously, that time uh, runs out with every season. I'd love to win the World Cup with Scotland. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> well, there's much chance of Scotland <laughs> winning the World Cup as Harry Kane winning the World Cup. I mean. Listen, I, I, again, Harry Kane, in my opinion, unfortunately, has signed his contracts at the wrong time. Joel says he's got two years left after this year. That means that the only way he's leaving, if somebody comes in with a, an incredibly high offer, and by that time he's going to have a three in front of his age, that, I don't see that happening. I, it looks to me as though Harry Kane is going to be a one-club man. Right. He's going to be the top scorer of all time. He might be the top scorer of all time in the Premier League as well. But guess what? He's going to have no trophy cabinet whatsoever. But I suppose you could say Alan Shearer didn't win anything, did he? Does that diminish him, his achievement as a striker? Does that diminish his top goal scoring record? Um, Alan Shearer won the Premier League with Blackburn. Oh, facts. Stupid facts. By the way, I've been sitting waiting to go. I've got him. I've got him. Yes, I forgot about that. Stupid Blackburn. I was thinking of Newcastle, obviously. To that point, I think the question for Harry Keane and where he goes to realise some of that silverware is. Which club takes him? Which club is in that much of a need and which club is prepared to pay that kind of money? And, and truth be told, after City failing their bid a couple of years ago, after Bayern Munich seemed put off by whatever the asking price was, what was it, a year ago, right now the only option is Chelsea, who are just happy to buy anybody and, and pay any kind of money and are in desperate need for a striker. Now, does Daniel Levy, we see how reluctant he is to do business with Premier League clubs anyway. Another London club, probably, probably even even more so. So I, that's his is one option, and uh, that, that's that's one. I guess Harry Kane has to decide as as, as to whether he wants to go. Todd Bowley has shown he's prepared to spend ridiculous money. Maybe that prizes uh, Harry Kane away, but other than that. It's not as though he's in, in a position where he can play in one club off the next. And what about Manchester United, Mark? They need a striker, obviously. They got the money. I don't know if they got the money. Not right now, but they, they might have in the summer. The, the thing with McCain is that I think the guys might be a bit, bit misplaced. I think his contract expires at the end of next season, so he's got 18 months of his contract. So this is the decisive summer. He either signs a new contract, so he runs it down, or Tottenham decide, look, we can't risk losing it for nothing in 18 months' time. So he has to go, and I think, I think that, for me, makes him more likely to go to United than anyone else, because he ain't going to go to Arsenal. He's not going to go to Chelsea, because you know, he's just not going to move to a London club. I just don't think he'd want that that hassle in his life, to be honest. Liverpool are well-stocked for forwards. Man City are well-stocked with Erling Haaland. So it's either Man United or Newcastle if he wants to stay in the Premier League. And he, we all know that he wants to break Alan Shearer's record. And I think, I think United are making progress now. They're a team that's coming together, but they obviously lack firepower. They, they lack a striker. They, they're looking good in other departments, but we saw at Arsenal at the weekend that if Marcus Rashford isn't, isn't on four, isn't, isn't scoring goals, and he did score at the weekend, but you know how long can that last? They've got nothing else. 
you know, Vagos is clearly a short-term option. Anthony doesn't do very doesn't do very much. Anthony Marshall's never fit. Harry Kane is the perfect signing for Man United in the summer. He's like a modern-day version of Robin van Persie. Yes, he's 29, 30 later this year, but that doesn't matter. United needs somebody right now who can score goals to take them to that next level. I think Kane is the guy, and I think with the fact that he's got 18 months on his contract and it'll be 12 months in the summer, then Daniel Levy's power in negotiations have diminished. You know, what is he going to what is he going to hold out for? Maybe 60 million, 70 million maximum? I think that is a fair price for Harry Kane at, at 29. So, yes, he might get offers from abroad, but I think he's so keen to get the, the Premier League goal-scoring record. He's 61 away now that I think United is the only option unless, unless he's one of these players, an, an Alan Shearer or a Francesco Totti who wants to play for the club that he grew up supporting and says that Tottenham for the goals record, but he's not going to win anything else. So he's either a fan of Tottenham or he's a professional footballer with a kind of a cold head and he goes to Man United. Could you understand, Shaka, if he stayed at Spurs? Um, yes, uh, because that, that's his boyhood club and, and there, there's a real attraction to it. And, and uh, you mentioned you mentioned Alan Shearer and, and Mark just spoke about him having played with. He Alan. won the Premier League with Blackburn. Well, I heard. That's, that's that's what I, I, I <laughs> somehow seem to recall. Um, but just just understanding the draw of playing for your hometown club, the club that you grew up right. supporting. I, I understand that. I witnessed it firsthand. So I, I certainly can can sympathise with that if if that's the direction the Harry Kane goes. But. To your point, or to Stevie's point, right now as Spurs are set up, I, I don't see Spurs challenging the top clubs in the Premier League for significant silverware. So if you're Harry Kane and with all these records for club and country and for the league beckoning to retire with just those individual records and nothing to show by way of silverware, I, I'm not sure that that's um, enticing enough. Best players want to win the trophies, Dan. The big players want to win the trophies. It's one thing to have the goals, and yes, you can go back to that. But the reason we all play the game in the first place is to play in the cup final. It's to win the league. It's to win, win silverware. And when Harry Kane's finished, if Harry Kane decides to stay at Tottenham, mm. in 10, 15 years, when he's whatever he's doing, and somebody says, oh, the FA Cup's on, did you win the FA Cup? Well, no. That's the way it goes. Scoring record, isn't it? Sorry? He's got the, he will have the Premier League goal scoring record. Dan, when you were a kid, right, how many people did you say, oh, I wish I was the top goal scorer in the, in the, in the first division in Scotland or England or anywhere else? No, you never. You want to score in the cup final. You want to win the championship. You want to be a winner. You want silverware. You want trophies. You want medals. Is it great to be the top scorer in the Premier League of all time? Absolutely it is. But we don't play the game for that. We play the game for... Trophies. Is it not that it, he has the self-belief that he, as long as he's there at Spurs, maybe he can make this happen? Well, if he does, he's dreaming. How long has he been there? Right. Ten years? How long has he been the top scorer every single year? How long has he been the talisman every year? How long has he carried this team every year? He's carried them for a decade and they're still no closer to winning anything. So, if he's delusional, then yes... But really, if he wants to win trophies, he has to get out the door. How do you see this ending, Jules? I mean, I think he wants to stay. I think he values more winning something with Spurs than winning it somewhere else, which I can understand. I agree with what Stevie says, though, of course. It's about winning trophies. 
the goal scoring record, it would, it, I mean, it will be. It, it potentially will be beaten one day. All records are beaten at some point. Uh, you know, Erling Haaland can beat the record. I don't know, someone else would come in. Kylian Mbappe can sign for an English club and beat that. Anything is possible. So the, those records usually don't stay as long, don't stay like your trophies stay forever. You know, how many Champions League you've won, how many leagues you've won, doubles, etc., etc. So Stevie is right, makes a good point. But is it more, would it feel more, valued if he wins it with Spurs than if he wins it with United or Chelsea or someone else in another league. It looks like it and that's why I think he wants to stand. That's why I think his brother is going to sit down with Daniel Levy again. They will talk about an extension and I wouldn't be surprised if he signs it. Wow. Do you agree, Mark? No, no. I, I, listen, <laughs> I can see where Jules is coming from, but I think, it, like Stevie says, it, it, Harry Kane's 29. Two years ago when he was 27, he wanted to leave to win trophies at Man City. So why two years later, when he's not won a single trophy in those two years, is he happy to stay and win nothing with Tottenham? He's not going to win anything with Tottenham of any significance because, you know, they are probably the sixth, seventh best team in England, but the teams that are above them win everything. I just don't see how Tottenham can beat a, a City or an Arsenal or a Chelsea or a United to a big trophy. So I just wish for Harry Kane's sake that he, he gets the, the record at Tottenham, he beats Jimmy Gibbs' record, which you will know he's, he's, he's levelled it, and then moves on and wins a trophy. Because Stevie's right, if he, if he carries on his career and plays for five or six more years, wins nothing, he'll look back and think, you know, I could have I won this, I could have won that. Look at, look at when Van Persie left Arsenal, he was desperate to win trophies, and he pushed to win that, that title. And that's what people remember Van Persie for, winning a title with Man United. What are we going to remember Harry Kane for? You know, that like a goals record which could be broken. You know, Jimmy Greaves' record stuff for 60 years. It's been broken. They will be broken. So, he's got to win trophies. He's, got to, he's given Tottenham the best years of his life and Tottenham fans should let him, should applaud him out of the door for what he's done. But I think the time has come now this summer for Harry Kane to move on. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of moving on, what's going on with Conte, Mark? Obviously, his uh, contract ends at the end of the season. Uh, suggestions that maybe Spurs have taken the initiative that they might not offer him a new one. Yeah, look, I, I heard that Conte was, was going to see out his contract until the end of the season and decide what he wanted to do, but I heard something different, which I was very surprised at, saying that they are quite close to, to getting a deal done. I don't quite see how that stacks up. I think it would be foolish again of Tottenham to give him a new contract now when results are clearly up and down. I think way into the summer, when he's, yes, he's out of contract, it's a risk, but I don't see a lot of clubs queuing up for Conte. So I think it's sensible on Tottenham's part to wait to the summer, see where they are, and for Conte as well, because... I think then he can negotiate a proper package and if he wants to stay, give him a deal. But if he wants to go somewhere else, let him go because there are other options out there. You know, Thomas Tuchel's available, Luis Enrique's available, you know, Mauricio Pochettino might go back. So I don't think there's any rush on Tottenham's part to tie Conte down. The results aren't that great. And on Conte's part, well, he's obviously not happy because he complains about everything all the time. So <laughs> I don't think he wants to rush to sign a contract anyway. So it makes sense on both parts to wait until the summer. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, listen, I... I, I... As much as I thought Antonio Conte would have been a good fit for a club and there were discussions about Manchester United at the time as well, I just don't think it's worked for, for, for Spurs. And, and while, yes, they're sitting near enough to the, to the top four in the Premier League right now, um, albeit with, with playing a, a game more than, than the others above them, um, it just... Nothing about Spurs now makes me think of how I remember Spurs traditionally as a team. Um, how you know the fans love their football. It, it just is not a stylistic fit. 
and without without silverware, what 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 are we going for here? So it's it's the same conversation or similar conversation around Harry Kane in that we don't we don't see this Spurs under this manager winning silverware. Right. If it's not a stylistic fit, then what what we're going for? What what mm. what's keeping Antonio Conte at Spurs? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Well, Antonio Conte has obviously got Spurs three points behind at Manchester United. United losing against Arsenal, of course, on Sunday. Great game, three goals to two, of course. Uh, Ten Hag not particularly impressed, though, uh, with his side. This is what he had to say after the game. In this moment, I'm, I'm annoyed and I also told the players, if you want to win trophies, titles, uh, you, you have to change our mentality because it's not possible uh, that you are in a top game, you're making three such big mistakes uh, where you concede goals and then especially the last goal, uh, you have to, to feel the game uh, that, uh, in that on that point was a point, was the maximum. Um, and then you have to take the point and you can't give such a goal away like we did. Excuses uh, are not possible in top, in top level. Uh, it's, you have to, to be in a reality and the reality is that we have to perform. And on some occasions we didn't do and otherwise we uh, would win this game or at minimum we should have drawn this game. I don't get it. That's harsh, isn't it, on his players? They were, they were they bunkered in pretty much for the last 20 minutes, just hanging on. It's not the mentality, they, they're up against a brilliant side. But that's what they've done in every big game since he started winning. Liverpool, City, Arsenal previously, Arsenal again, they've bunkered in and tried <coughs> to, to get teams on the break. You know, if you're going to spend the amount of time on the edge of your box and in your penalty box against a side with as many good players as Arsenal, you're going to lose games. And if he wants to say their mistakes, then I, I, would, I would disagree. The goals that came from pressure, mm. they were under so much pressure defensively constantly that eventually there's holes and there's gaps, as opposed to, I mean, he's kind of sound, 
It's kind of sounded as if there were individual errors. They weren't. It's a case of Arsenal pressuring them, putting them, putting them under so much pressure that they make bad decisions defensively. That, that's what it was. And the mentality, come on. You set them up. He must have set them up to sit tight. Mm. And, they, and if he hasn't, then I don't know who he's kidding. They, they just got beaten by a better side. It's off the back, of course, conceding late against Crystal Palace. Yeah. Where he spoke about the mentality again there. Listen, I, 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 I sympathise with Ted Hag and, and, and what he said there. I, I have no problem with a manager being upset when you lose. I have no problem at all. And... To that point, you can point to individual errors, but to Stevie's point, when you have a team like Arsenal that keep you under pressure, that challenge you in the way that Arsenal do, those errors are forced. It's not as though, you know, somebody just decided to pick up the ball and edge their own 60-yard box and volley it into the back of the net. Those errors come as a result of Arsenal's incessant pressure, which is how Arsenal are so good. Mm. Um, you can, so for, for argument's sake, you can look at Ericsson's misclearance for the, that led to the first goal. Then he all of a sudden somehow gets himself one on one with Saka, only one winner there. But you have to give Arsenal, and in that case, Saka, that credit. And you can go through each goal similarly. You can, look, you can see where the mistake was forced, and you can understand that. So, to Ten Hag's point, you sympathize, but the truth is, the better team won, and I think everybody would agree with that. Craig mentioned this stat yesterday, didn't he? A 64 touches in the penalty area by Arsenal was the most by any team in a Premier League match this season. How, why did United allow this? Because they're too deep. It smells of being too deep. Right. Yes, Arsenal are really good. Yes, Martinelli and Saka put pressure on the fullbacks. They run at them all the time. And particularly when you're in the box, you can't touch them. But it smacks of being too deep. And again, who's telling them to go deep? Now, I'm sure Ten Hag's not telling them to sit in the box because if you look at all the goals, that's what they've done. All the goals, they've, there's seven and eight Jer uh, Man United jerseys in the penalty box, but they're actually all over the place. They're not organised, which I would put down to Varane. He's, he's the experienced one. He should right. be sorting that out. But they're too deep. And whose fault's that? It's the manager. And I'll tell you what, I don't remember seeing the manager standing on the sideline doing this the way managers do to get teams up. So what if, they do, Stevie, just, just so we can just see do that. <laughs> right, okay, good. So if you sit back against a team like Arsenal, then you're going to be in trouble. And if you don't, if you don't make challenges outside the box, then no wonder they get so many in the box because you can't make a challenge in the box. You can, you can only chaperone people or you can make sure you stay goal side. You can't make a challenge. You can't stick a leg out. Otherwise, you're giving a penalty away. So it's, it's, it's Arsenal's good play, yes, and getting in the box, but they're far too deep. I, I, I'd also love deep. to know how many of those touches were in the second half. And maybe we need to call in Craig or local Stato <laughs> as to how many of those 64 touches were, were, were in the second half. Because... There was only one team in it in the second half. Yeah. And, and listen, Manchester United are one of the best counter-attacking teams in English football, if not European football. So maybe the plan was let's sit deep and hit them on the break, but nobody's been able to do that against Arsenal. So to Stevie's point, what exactly were Manchester United doing or what was ten, how did Ten Hag set them up in, in the second half? Was he asking for them to play counter-attacking football or did he make adjustments? I, I, I'm, I'm not so sure that the substitutions were to, towards that end. So I, I, just, I just think 
you have to give Arsenal their credit. Let's, let's be honest here. We've got, I think we've got to give Ten Hag some more stick here, by the way. Oh, no, you, leave Ten Hag alone. No, hold on a second. No. Listen, when you're playing against anybody and they're coming at you, and Arsenal were coming at them down the left, down the right, down the middle, mm. then you have to do something. Either block the middle up, make them go wide, then everybody knows what's happening, or you do the opposite. He didn't do anything. So how is he supposed to stop a rampant Arsenal with, with party and Shaka getting in the box and Odegaard getting in the box? How is he supposed to do that with Fernandez and Eriksen, who don't tackle anybody? They try and read challenges. They try and get in the way. They try and pick up good positions. They're not challenging anybody. And that's why Casemiro's suspended, because he's the only one in the middle of the park that does challenge. So... Ten Hag's got to look at himself. Never mind blaming the players. He's got to look at what... What did he do to change anything? I didn't see him doing anything. Uh, Mark, Stevie says that Ten Hag's time is pretty much up at uh, <laughs> United. Uh, what did you make of the way, particularly in the, in the second half? They didn't seem to address the issues that were clear to see. I just think we have to remember what United are. And I think Casemiro was suspended, as we know. Dallow's injured, so... The people that are playing for those, Wan Bissaka is, is nowhere near good enough for Man United. And Scott McTominay is nowhere near good enough for Man United. So all of a sudden, the, the quality drops so much that he hasn't got the people to come in to do the jobs that he wants them to do. You know, Scott McTominay was given the runaround by Arsenal yesterday, but that's no surprise because he's not, he's not at the level required for Man United. And Fred was the same, so he, he, he put Fred on second half. But again, you know, we've seen Fred for about three years. It's just fallen short of the quality. So, you know, I think... Ten Hag has done really well to get United to top four right now. I think considering where they were last season under Solskjaer and Ranić and where they started this season, to be where they are, it's almost like a minor miracle. So I think they have overperformed with what they've got and they are making progress. But when they are missing the best players, there's a massive drop-off. And I think when they play a team like Arsenal away in that kind of form, it was always going to end that way. And I think, to be honest, to actually keep it to 2-2 two, two until the last minute of the game was an achievement because they were battered at times. So... I just think United are a work in progress and hopefully from their point of view they'll get players in the summer which will take them to another level and let's remember Arteta's been there for three years and you can see that with the Arsenal team. Ten Hag's been there for six months and he's, he's taken the team beyond where a lot of people thought they would be at this stage of the season. Uh, it, kind of work in progress epitomised by someone like Anthony Mark, who came in obviously, great start to this season oh. with Manchester United, just seems to have dropped off. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> great start he scored a goal in his debut but I don't quite know what he does and I think United paid £85 million for Anthony which is £10 million more than Liverpool paid for Darwin Nunes and Darwin Nunes has a lot more scrutiny on his performances than Anthony you could argue that he's done a lot more than Anthony you know Anthony's got he's very very one-footed he's not really got any pace hasn't really got any strength so people said well Ian Robin was one was one-footed but Ian Robin had this great burst of pace he was strong he was he was determined I don't really see any of that in Anthony, so I'm not quite sure what he gives to United. And he certainly hasn't been given it in recent weeks. So he's one player that Ten Hag really pushed for. You know, he was desperate to get Anthony in. I'm not sure yet that it's, it's coming off. And I think, you know, I'm not convinced that he's cut out for the Premier League. I don't think he's got the attributes you need. Uh, of course, you know, we talk about Manchester United, but it took another brilliant Arsenal performance to get the win, to keep them top of the table, Jules. The whole atmosphere around the club at the moment must just be fantastic. Yeah, I think they're, they're buzzing, of course, they should be. They've got 50 points at the halfway point of the season, which never happened in the history of the club. At the same stage last season, they had 35, so they're 15 points better, better, better off than where they were at this, at this stage last season. Uh, only five teams in the history of the Premier League have had 50 points at the halfway point. In Chelsea, Liverpool twice, and 
and and City, Guardiola City and Klopp's Liverpool of course and now this Arteta team so it's a remarkable first half of the season nobody knows what the second half will be like you can make a case for them to continue in the form that they are especially if there's no injuries you can say that once they feel the pressure of getting closer to maybe the title you don't know how they're going to cope with it but certainly the work they've done so far and like Mark was saying this three-year process if you want that Arteta put in place when he when he took over three years ago is is finally the reward is here because they've worked hard to get the squad that he wanted with the players and the profiles that he needed to play the style of football that he wanted to get everybody at the club from the bottom to the top and we explained that after the the win against Spurs last weekend to you know to to get everybody at the club believing in that process being pulling in the same direction which is not easy to do trust me he's got that as well he's a very he's ruthless at times when he needs to be and we saw that with Aubameyang with Ozil those kind of transfers he's very close to his players as well when when needs be too with some of them for sure I think he's he's done extremely well really we've said from the beginning he was an elite coach even with the lack of experience that he had this is his first job even when things were not going well and I think at the club a lot of, a lot of people were convinced by his message through good and bad times really which I think again shows why they gave him the time that they gave him to get where they are now. What surprised you the most Stevie? The light bulb. Well, this, it's interesting, you mentioned the light bulb, obviously, and, and people mocked Arteta in that documentary for some of those techniques, obviously playing the, the, Anf uh, the Anfield music, yeah. but it, yeah. it seems to have worked. I think, I think a, a lot of it's to do with the fact that they're all young players, uh, and he's given them a chance, and he's backed them, uh, and all the stuff that old geezers like us think about with the light bulb, yep. we kind of mock it. But the younger generation, they don't take it that way. They, they take it in a positive way. And they obviously got the message through it. Uh, and he sticks to his principles. You know, uh, Jules is saying there, you know, through the good and through the bad, it's the same message. And that's important because if all of a sudden you change when you're losing, players start thinking, well, uh, you know, why are, we, why are we changing? Why are we doing something else? No, he's got them believing that what they were doing is correct. And the fact that they messed it up last year from a, a fantastic position of, of really, it was up to, it was in their hands, it was, it was their fault they threw away a top four finish. The fact that he's kept preaching the same thing at the start of this year mm. tells you that they believe every word he says. And right now they're running on the field and all they want to do is do well for themselves, do well for everybody around them and do well for that guy who sometimes acts like a maniac on the side, but he's got every single one of them eating out the palm of his hand. What surprised you, Shaq? Um, how this Arsenal team have just shaken off, as Steve says, the disappointments of, of last season and, and have found a, a, an even better rhythm. I, I, I was at St. James's Park for that game that, that they lost and they just look like a day in headlights. I mean, the St. James's Park crowd had a, had a lot to do with it. Um, that being said, I, my old manager, Alan Pardew, always used to speak about the naivety of youth. Um, and you see that in this Arsenal team. These, this bunch of players, as talented as they are, go onto the field without any, it seems as though, without any real recognition of the gravity of the situation, of what they may be on the cusp of, that 
you know, they, they are kind of rewriting or getting ourselves back into, in, into their former glories. They're just going out and playing. As far as they're concerned, they're just with 10 of their mates on the playground. And, and that's how they make it look. That's how, they, that's how it seems to feel to them. We, and as great as that is, you still need some experience like you have with Parthi, like you have with Granite Shaka, who, uh, who, who all of a sudden has become one of the most sensible and mature players to, to, in, in an Arsenal shade. That if things come unstuck, that if that playground mentality somehow doesn't work for a game or two running, who can get them back and focused and just playing their, their natural games? So there's an incredible talent, there's an incredible mix of youth and, uh, of youth and experience Heavy on the youth, but the, the few experienced players um, bring a lot of it. Someone who seems to embody that kind of playground mentality, Mark, is Saka, who's just taken it to an absolute another level uh, this season. One of the best players in the league, no doubt about that. Are you surprised how he's pushed on? I am, yeah. I mean, he was, he was always a, a really exciting young player, and I think everything you see him is excited. But the, the way he played against United was it, it was it was so mature. It was it was it was devastating, really. He scored that great goal and hit the post with another one, the, an identical shot. And I think, you know, although he is young, he is almost their leader. But then you look at Odegaard, who's what 24, not very old either. You've got Martinelli against quite young. That they are they are playing with that freedom right now. And I think Saka, you know, embodies that more than anybody else. But. I do. They haven't played City yet, and that's the one thing I would say that they haven't played City twice, like once or twice. They, they, they got them in the FA Cup on Friday, which I think the rest players. But those City games, there's one in mid-February at the Emirates, and there's one at mid, late April, and they're really crucial times for the title running. So, and City have got all the experience in the world. They've got that that now to get the know-how how to win it. And I think if Arsenal can get through that first game in February next month at the Emirates without losing, I think that I think they'll, they'll win the league. But that is a massive test of their their credentials and their, and their character but I, I, I do get what Shaq is saying about that naivety of youth though because you do look at Arsenal and think they're either going to go all the way and just, and just blaze the way to the title by getting 90-95 points or they will stumble and they'll find it difficult to get back, back on track again and we don't know what the answer is yet do we? We don't know how they're going to play how they're going to react to that sort of setback if they have one so that for me is the most intriguing part of the weeks ahead You know we're, we're talking about the, the age of this team mm. and Saka in particular but if there's one thing for me that sticks out about Saka today, it's his final decision. That's it. He's always had the ability. He's always had the pace. He always, he's always been trying to go at defenders. But the only thing he ever questioned about him was his final ball, his, dis, his final decision. Now, why has and that changed? Is that just with experience? Is that with coaching? Do you know the best players, Dan, get it a lot earlier than your normal professionals? You know, people like Messi understand the game from a very young age and, and I, as I said it depends some people take on some people's game and decision making matures with age and with experience and with games this guy looks as old right now at 21 years of age he's already matured because of that final decision because that's what the game's all about mm. you know you can, you can run up and down the field all day and you can run at 100 miles an hour yep. but if that final ball is the wrong one then you're wasting your time. This, guy, this guy's doing it all. I, I find that goal sums up so much about, about Bakayo Saka. Well, he lifts his head up and all of a sudden he realises, hold on, I'm one-on-one -on -one with Ericsson. And, I, I, and there's nobody else within five or six yards. All, all I need is three steps to get, with greatest respect, Bakayo Saka up against Ericsson. All he needs is three or four steps to get half a yard of space. 
and make the most of it. By the time cover comes across, the shots are ready away. And I think, to Stevie's point, that recognizing of the moment and the space that you have doesn't come to most players till you're 25 or 26. All of a sudden, we're talking about this with a, a 21-year-old. Uh, meanwhile, Arsenal have been quite quiet, haven't they, in the transfer window? Obviously, brought in Trossard. Uh, it was confirmed today uh, that Kiwior has joined the club as well. Just tell us a little bit about him, Jules, because obviously most of us haven't, haven't seen him play that much. Yes, we signed from Spezia in uh, Serie A, where he's been one of the, the best centre-backs really in the last 18 months. Left-footed centre-back who can play as a defensive midfielder, that's why he played last season because of injuries. As Spezia, even as a, as a left-back, he can play too. He's a Polish international, we saw him at the, at the World Cup. Really good in the distribution with the ball, great diagonals for example. <laughs> I think Arteta liked the, um, his, his technical ability and passing ability really, but he's, he's quite strong. So he's, he's, he's a good signing for that price at that age, 22 years old, 21 million pounds with bonuses. Someone who's going to come as a backup or in competition for Gabriel for that sort of left centre-back position if you want. So again, I think they, 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 signed, they, they did an intelligent signing there with Kivio. Uh, as Mark mentioned, of course, next up for Arsenal, Manchester City in the FA Cup, a game that you can see live on ESPN Plus on Friday. Be sure to join us, 3 p.m. Eastern. What a clash that should be at the Etihad. Before that, there's FA Cup action on Tuesday. Tomorrow, Action Stanley taking on Boreham Wood in the FA Cup replay, 2.45 Eastern on Plus. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Frank Lampard sacks as manager of Everton. This is why they haven't done very well of late. Uh, Mark, who's going to take over? Well, I spoke to somebody at Everton today and they were saying that it's, they've been told that it's a foreign manager with Premier League experience, but they haven't been told who it is, i.e. who the name is. Now, Marcelo Bielsa is the favourite, which I'm, I'm staggered about because... He almost took Leeds down last season. He couldn't defend. So, so you've got Bielsa at the top of the list. That people at Everton want Bielsa, but also Nuno and Ralph Hasenhurl. So if you're an Everton fan, you're thinking, 
you're basically getting a choice of three managers that have either taken the team down or nearly taken the team down. So it's not the best list of, of candidates that I've heard, but Bielsa is the favourite. And, you know, what is Bielsa going to do in the space of five months with a team of players that are just not suited to the way he wants to play? Uh, what about Sean Dyche, Mark? Sean Dyche just doesn't seem to have anyone within the club, you know, fighting his corner. I, I think Dyche should be perfect. I think right now what Everton need is somebody just to who knows the league, can get them together quickly. They've got, they've got quite a British squad. And you think that Dyche would be, would be the sort of guy that would come in and just get them going and just and just get a bit of fight there. So he just didn't flavour them onto Everton. You know, people who make decisions at Everton, it's a, it's quite a, a collection of different figures in the board who, who have different advisors, different agents telling them what to do. And Sean Dyche clearly doesn't have, a, doesn't have uh, somebody shouting his corner, shall we say. Bielsa, Stevie, you like that? I'm so, I can't see past Ferguson. Duncan Ferguson? They, Everton don't need somebody to come in and teach them how to play football. That's not what Everton needs right now. What Everton need is what Duncan brought the last time. Everybody behind them, a bunch of cheerleaders, everybody fighting. That's the only thing that's going to save them. But the only reason they stayed up under Ferguson the last time was because of that. The only reason they stayed up last year under Frank was because of that, because they got the crowd behind them and the, and the players were fighting and spitting and everything. Nothing to do with playing football. So that's why you've got to get Ferguson. He knows every single player. The crowd loves him. The only thing you know is everybody's going to be behind him. And as I said... That's what it's about now. It's not about football. It's about great determination and fight. And there's not anybody on that list can get that out of the players any better than, than Duncan. But that, doesn't that only last a certain amount of time? That grit, determination, the crowd on board. Well, here's the thing. It's it has a halfway to start. stage. It has to start. You know, don't, why, why would you wait until there's like seven games left then? To try to bring a Ferguson in. But How about if, you do it? If, if he was How so about good, you then why, why, why not keep him forever? Why is he not in charge now? I'm, I'm not saying he should be the Everton manager for the next two, three, four years. Right. I'm saying right now, oh, what they need is grit, determination, spirit, spit, fighting, getting red cards, you name it, whatever it has to be mm. in order to stay in the division. And the man on the list that's, that smells that and sit, it's written all over his face. Ferguson, that's the man. After they stay up, go and get a manager and start bringing players in and start playing for lovely football and somebody who's been in the Premier League before. And but right now, no, you don't. You don't need. You don't need Bielsa. You don't need Tete. You don't need anybody. You need. You need somebody who's going to get them fighting. And there's no better man than Ferguson. Is Stevie making sense, Mark? Yeah. I think he's probably right that Everton needs somebody like Duncan Ferguson. I'm not sure. I don't think Everton, Everton, people at Everton haven't got a clue in terms of what the strategy is. There's too many people with too many voices there that don't quite know where to go. They don't. I think they've been led led along the line by agents saying, "Try this guy. This guy. This guy's a great, you know, guy, great coach." They do need to get back to basics, and if that involves somebody like Stevie says, just to. Just to, just to shake a few heads together and say, look, start fighting, start running. I know it's very basic and it's very kind of British, but Everton are in a mess. They've got 15 points. They're going to need 25 points at least to stay up. I don't know where they're going to get them from. The next two games are Arsenal at home and Liverpool away. So, you know, where are they going to start getting points? They need somebody to come in straight away. <clears throat> Nobody to start asking them to do different tactical things and, and play a different way like Bielsa would. The players need to be, you know, start playing and start winning now. 
So I'm not quite sure Duncan Ferguson is the man. You know, maybe Duncan Ferguson and Sean Dice, that might be the way to go. So with the experience of that division and also, you know, the Duncan factor. But whatever, whatever Everson do now, I just think that, you know, that they're playing catch-up. They're in a mess. They're in a massive mess. And I think, I don't think you can find the right solution. I think they're going down. Uh, we'll see. Thank you very much to Mark. Mark, some people have noticed that since Graham Potter's <coughs> gone to Chelsea and looked very stressed that he's starting to look like you. <laughs> that person is me. Is that a compliment or not? I, I, I don't quite know. No, I don't think it is. Not for Graham Potter. They said he had a glow. I, I, Am I, am I the glow up or is he, is, he, is he looking haggard like me? I'm not quite sure. Like, yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I think the latter. Thank you very much, Mark. Much appreciated. Uh, Jules yeah, yeah. Will be back with us on Extra Time. As always, you can check that out over on our YouTube channel. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. And we've got Carabao Cup action for you tomorrow from St. Mary. Southampton taking on Newcastle. And then 24 hours later, it's Forest against Manchester United. Be sure to join us 2.30 Eastern on ESPN+. Uh, that is it then. That brings us to the end of today's show. That's the semi-final, right? Yeah, semi-final. Yes, they're, yep. they're over two legs. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've got to be a happy show. Uh, be I'm, sure to I'm stay looking tuned. forward to it, Steve. Extra Thought time is next. <laughs>
like this one. Yes. Has a lot more flair. Okay, than the 89s. Correct. They they won the title, didn't they? they did, were, they? did they? I, think they I don't the know. I think it was the same year. Right. I think it might be the same year that Alan Shearer won the won the league. No. Uh, no, because oh, I was that a later team, year. Only one team can win the league, and that was Arsenal because they beat oh, Liverpool so was, at Anfield. So it was a few years later that Shearer actually won a trophy. Yes. yes, I did forget that Alan Shearer won the Premier League with Blackburn. <laughs> But oh, there we go. Was, that that be, wasn't the best bit. You can't. <laughs> that wasn't the best bit. What was the best bit? The best bit was your face. <laughs> well, <laughs> what about Alan Shearer then? <laughs> he never won anything, did he? Uh, I forgot about Blackburn. Uh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> followed by what? Followed by you doing it with Blackburn. All oh, right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Brilliant. Chat could put me right. Absolutely brilliant. Perfect. Can't be right all the time. That's that's that's, that's, that's correct. I've got a question for you. And the scale, right? Is that better or worse than Pele? Oh no, don't bring up Pele. It's not, no. What's Pele? Pele's was horrible. That? You mean oh, the interview? Yeah. 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 Well, that's who's going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, who's going to win the Super Bowl? That's, that's a fair question. Thing, that's a fair question. The best, the best thing is, well, Pele's trying to be really nice. He went, ah, they're both good teams. And he's gone, come on, come on. Come on. Come on, Edson. Come on, tell us. Come on, Edson. Tell us what we really think. How did you bring that up? I make a mistake and forget Alan Shearer all the time. You bring up Pele. You know why? Because you make so few mistakes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 right. Or because somebody's going to owe me fifty dollars. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm glad you pay fifty dollars for that classic. Don't you worry about that. No lie. No lie. You're not glad. No, you you oh, I've left my wallet. Yes. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't got his wallet. Jules, be honest. You were the one who got many those tickets, right? We were not sat next to each other. It was not. It was not. It was not me responsible for him not watching the Villarreal Copa del Rey game at home in Madrid and being told off by the club for being in Paris with me. It's not. It's not. You know, it's not my responsibility. Did you have to get permission from Gab? No, I didn't. It was okay. I mean, he obviously went off on the, uh, you know, in the Antarctica for yep, with his penguin five weeks or something. It felt like it felt like six months. So you know, I, I was imagine being his family. I bet it felt a lot longer. Can I just see? Can I just see? <laughs> oh, who's this, Jules? Who are you with here? Uh, Killian Hayes. Oh, you with Killian Hayes? Yeah, Detroit Pistons. Uh, yeah, who point guard. Who's French? Who's a uh, you know, PSG fan as well, so we had a lovely chat and, oh. and it was it was it was a lovely time. Oh wow. Let lovely. me just say for all that Jules just said, he did not say that he did not get you many of the tickets. Ah uh, yes, he, he did said not he said deny it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he said, Oh well, he sat in a different section from me and yes. yeah. oh but but so we know the truth. Who told us Jules? Jules is my height. He's short. <laughs> oh is he short? Yeah, 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 he's short. <laughs> Forgot how anyway. <laughs> okay. For Steven. Killian Hayes is really tall, that's the thing. Hey. Well, well, Jules, <laughs> I just read it. For Stevie, Thiago said Liverpool's push for the quad last season has hurt their performance this season. Do you have a problem with his assessment? And even if you agree, should he have admitted it? Or as a manager, would you prefer players to keep their heads down? I don't understand how the push for the quadruple has hurt them this year. Oh, tired out. Mentally drained. 
Yeah, no, I, I don't get that. No. No? No. No. Yeah, no. Yes, physically and mentally, it's tough, but they've, they've had a break. But successful teams, that's what you, that's, that's what you yeah. want to be doing, right. pushing for the quad. That's what you, that's what you start of the season trying to do. You don't I mean, Man, well, Man City have won four of the last five Premier Leagues, right? Correct. They've also won either the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup each year, right? Uh, well, you won it last year. Right, but did they only win the... Pretty much, right? Right. They've also gotten to the later stages of the Champions League City. Yes. So it hasn't, that not all of those games and all that stuff right. hasn't really hurt them. Okay. So. But they were winning, they, they won most of those trophies, didn't they, that you referred to? No, but it, that's, that's not really the point. Right. You know, it takes, to win it takes as much physical and mental strength as getting knocked out. Because you've got to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. So I don't, I just don't, I don't understand that. For Jules, what is PSG's plan B when in Mbappe head when Mbappe heads to Real Madrid this summer and Lionel Messi walks off into the sunset? Um, I mean, there's that, that's such a plan B it doesn't exist yet because they they believe Lionel Messi is going to extend his contract, which we, we said before and wrote on the website. And for Kylian, he still has. Obviously, 18 months left on his contract within the year in, on op in options, so they, they believe he will stay as well in, in the summer. I'm, you know, for Mbappé, let's wait and see. Uh, for Messi, I believe he will stay a bit longer. And then, if you lose Mbappé, for example, and you will lose Messi at some point, then of course they will think about a calibre signing to replace, to replace him, to replace them. So I don't know if you go and get someone like I don't know, Ozyman, for example, you try to get Haaland out of Manchester City if he's already won everything with City and beaten all the record in a couple of years, for example, I don't know. Uh, but at some point, they will have to think of the post-Mbappé, especially more than the post-Messi era, for sure. Um, during the show, obviously, we showed their 7-1 victory in the Cup. Any problems with scoring seven goals against the sixth-tier side? No? No. Not at all. No? no. Hakimi's back heel? An issue? Nah, we were just kidding. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, jokers. <laughs> Stevie, a former NFL player recently killed a mountain lion with a bow and arrow. After Dan questioned your reasons for wearing a high-vis jacket on Friday, how does it feel to be right? A lot of people got in contact with me saying bow and arrow hunting is a real thing, which I had no well, I was, idea of. I was, was kind of surprised you didn't know, I, but I then know I thought, I, how would you? I, I, yeah. And actually, I only knew because, as I told you at the time, Steve Ralston, I was having a conversation with him. Right. One pre-season. I, yeah. I said, what have you been up to? He went, well, I spent a lot of time bow hunting, and I was like, ah. What? Right. What are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> so that's the only reason I knew about it. Well, there you go. So, so I was wrong, it is a thing. Yeah. Been wrong or rot, not now. What? <laughs> 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 he got his hat trick. I don't know why you to bring up Pele. Uh, with Juve <laughs> facing a massive points deduction and probably will not qualify for the Champions League next season, Jules, which player players are the rest of the clubs around Europe going to poach? That's a good question. I mean, I think financially as well, they, they might have to sell full stop. So I think someone like Vlaovic, of course, who already, I think, was quite uh, wanted by clubs before he chose Juve to leave Fiorentina for. I think someone like Chiesa, of course, 
uh, is also a big asset for them. So it's someone like Locatelli. I mean, the youngsters may be a bit different because they, they've just come through the ranks. Uh, but, but yeah, people like that, I think Locatelli, especially Chiesa, you know, Vlaovic, maybe to a certain extent. I mean, Rabiot is out of contract at the end of the season, so he might not renew there. What is McKenney doing? I think there's, there's clubs in England who like Western McKenney a lot, so I think there could be a bit of an exodus for sure of Juventus players, especially if the club have to sell anyway and have to let go some because if, if the sanctions are confirmed uh, once they've appealed them, then I think it could be, it could be such a disaster for the club financially and, and sporting wise too. Final question, Stevie. Lissandra Martinez scored a towering header against Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that was coming. You knew, oh, knew that was oh, coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Keeping United in the game, are you ready to admit he's tall enough to be a top defender? Uh, what was it? I mean, what was he scoring again? 3 uh, 2. 3 2. So he was part of a back lane that lost three goals. Oh. I mean, listen. Who's tall he's got a He's got a decent header, but. I mean, we showed the goals earlier on in the, in, the, in the show. Yes. Him and Varane were all over the place. Right. I mean, the, the Saka goal, Varane's standing at the top of the box and he's standing five, six yards behind him. That's nothing to do with him being short. No. Right. No, I, I, I only said I thought him being short was a problem, but I'm just pointing out the fact that right. actually, Positionally, yes. There's some problems there as well. Some problems. Which is why they lost it, three goals between you, three goals. Jules, and Lissandra Martinez. I think I'm the tallest, and then it's Lissandra Martinez, and then Jules. Jules is the shortest. You're taller than Martinez as well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how tall. <laughs> Which tall are you? Five nine. <laughs> So well, he's 5'9 as well. What are you, Jules? What are you laughing at? What size are you, Jules? 5'9. I'm one, 179, which is 5'11. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness me! Uh, oh. I don't know how tall Jules is. Jules, how tall are you? <laughs> what does it matter? Yeah. And feet yeah, and energy. I'm telling you, 179. There you go. 5'11. 179, which I think is no. 5'11. <laughs> Uh, that is it. That's going to bring us to yeah. the end of today's show. Thank you very much. I'm now officially 7 2. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going on Wikipedia. I need to find that. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a reliable source. <laughs> uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Tell him. Bye. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use indeed to hire great talent fast and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com fc 
Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 